Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi. Hello. We're back. It's us. It's usually us, as yeah. it always is, because that's how the show fucking goes. No, it's true. Grant over there, and I'm Jake. And that Mitch is, is in the room. That is correct. My name is Grant. I, I, uh, I'm a human being, and I'm part of this uh, documentary series where we don't really do anything documentary-related. As a matter of fact, we, don't, we just kind of do nothing. All right, your resume's getting wordy, okay? We do really a whole lot of this. It's just chit-chatting. It's mostly this. Chit-chatting about things that, you know, realistically, it's probably just... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want to offend any of you, but I'm about to, okay? Okay, okay, Are you ready? Yeah. We do this because the people that listen to this show, they just don't want to do the research on their own. And I respect you for it because you give us an outlet to do this. Don't alienate the the fucking audience like that. It's too late. Come on. I'm not I'm not blaming you guys cuz I I completely understand. It's great to just have someone feed this to your ears. Maybe we're like, like a nice. jumping off point for someone. Maybe this is a, maybe this topic is someone's passion. They like come to us they're like this is a great start. Now I'm going to go nah, do my own that you know, I know no, these you don't guys. think so. I know you guys out there. You guys you guys love it. You eat this up. No, that's true. We are starting a cult though. It's true. And you're so, all part of it, so there so you go. So do what you do what you love to do, right? Just sit back. I don't know if you're driving or if you're eating or watching TV and this is on in the background or I don't know what the hell you yeah. do exactly. Or maybe you just came from the casino like us. Grant won so much fucking money today. It is true. I, I did it was significantly in, impeccable. Well. I did pretty great. The Buffalo machine gave him so much money. It yeah, it really worked out in my favor and I can't say that I'm disappointed because I'm bought very us happy. Hooters. It was great. I uh yeah I had a, I had a good night so you guys I don't know if you listen to this at night but just I I mean this in the nicest nicest way possible all right and I love all of you so you're being so bittersweet first. with the audience tonight oh because I'm just being real with these guys yeah these guys and gals out there there's being what is it like there's being true like real and there's being nice or something it's principal Skinner yeah was it there's telling the truth there's being nice yeah, I'm I'm being being rude and I'm being honest with you, but you guys, I know you need to hear this and you want to hear it. You just this is peak American physique, earlobe <laughs> style. <laughs> it's just like you know what? Let somebody else tell me about this, and that's why we love you guys. If you could see us too, you'd you'd probably agree that 
visually it's the same oh absolutely i uh i'm in a chair all the time and uh i, I clearly it shows and i'm in a chair know? a lot of the time by choice it sh- it so. shows so just uh, get ready to enjoy we're going into the world of aliens again today <laughs> yeah, we are. supposed we aliens are. perhaps yeah we're going across the pond there yeah this uh, it's it's a weird one um it, I would say maybe about five to ten years ago, it was one of those like little-known stories. But it's it's gotten a lot of attention lately, I think, just because the internet, Because obviously. of podcasts like this. Pretty much. like It's, it's very uh, expanded upon now. And uh, we're going we're gonna to give you our, our version of it. A little it, rendition. Okay? It's definitely going to be a two-parter. We're going to roll the dice for you guys and tell you about some fucking trees and some... Maybe extraterrestrial stuff. We don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get to the that. two interacting, you know, trees and all this stuff. We're talking about Rendlesham Forest, uh, the incident specifically that mm-hmm. happened there. And why? And why? So the Rendlesham Forest incident, uh, it was a series of UFO sightings in 1980 near the Royal Air Force Woodbridge Station in Suffolk, England. What do you know about that? Uh, these, I know. So not yet. About to tell you, these sightings are some of the most well-documented extraterrestrial encounters ever recorded, and because of this, some have dubbed the area the Roswell of the UK. Isn't that fun? That's just a cop out. We mean it's cheese. It's cheese. You can't have a Roswell somewhere else. It's American cheese, specifically. I refuse to believe that. You can't. It's like it's like if there's like a sea monster here or like a lake monster. It's like. It's the Loch Ness Monster of the West. It's like, no, it's something completely different. No, they get their own names. Yeah, like, make it... How about be original, huh? How about fucking do that? Hey, man, people are just being flowery. Stupid. Roswell of the UK, they say Rendlesham Forest is. Fucking stupid people over there. We're all morons. (laughs) Every one of you. (laughs) These events took place over two days in, uh, in December of 1980. Uh, had dozens of witnesses, and two men even claimed to have made contact. Isn't that fun? So let's get started from the like beginning. It. I like contacts. Contacts. They're way better than glasses. Agreed. So, so I hear. Yeah. I would have to agree. I'm a contact man myself. Yeah, touching the your aliens eyes. and the eyes. I have no difference. I like them both. I don't think anyone should touch their eyes, but I understand some people need to. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The eyeballs are not meant to be touched. Don't do that. If you don't need to. This area of Suffolk, uh, <clears throat> before the events we're about to discuss, uh, was actually known as the birth, birthplace of the concept of radar. And it was discovered on accident while attempting to develop a death ray in uh, in World War Two. See, they couldn't even make the death ray right over there. Instead, it's just say? a bunch of beeping things on a screen. What did I tell you? I'm fighting with these Eastern people today. You're all right? super combative with the Europeans today. I'm coming after you, Europeans. You guys are great too, but I'm just, I'm, doesn't mean I'm not going to fight you. Is it the news? Is the news getting to you? No, if anything, they're cool. You know, they're like they're fine. <laughs> news wise, they're cool. I just for some reason. You guys piss me off because it's like we got Roswell here. Right? We don't have a lot in America. We don't need another. We have so much. <laughs> People we have don't, so much stuff here. We do, but it's all bad shit. You know, it's like the Grand Canyon's a big old hole. Exactly. What the good. fuck is the Grand Canyon? It's, it's the big dumbest hole. thing ever. You seen it? You know what? No, I haven't. Oh, it's huge. The idea of it is so stupid. It's like you know what's great about this country? 
There's a giant fucking hole in it. You couldn't sell a house using that mechanic. It's a very try-hard river, the Colorado. Yeah, it's like, could you imagine, like, think you're in, like, real estate, right? And you're like, guys, I got something that's going to blow you away. Come into the basement. Look at this giant fucking hole in the basement. You guys are going to love this. That'd be pretty cool. You guys you guys are going to bring a tear to your eye. How I thought I was going to uh, show you something later, but I guess not now. No, 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 no. It's not a selling point for me. You guys got all the cool historical shit. We finally get some cool UFO shit. We got Roswell. We kind of like, they built that whole area around that event. It's like, this is what we got. You really glommed on to this Roswell of the UK thing. Yeah, and they're like, you know what? We got ours. You couldn't even make a fucking death ray, okay? But they made radar. It's used so much. Yeah, and it kills mammals in the water, okay? It damages <laughs> sea life. All right, well. You guys are <laughs> monsters, is what you are. You created a, a fucking Sea World Holocaust. Yeah. Well, they, they accidentally discovered radar there. A uh, testament to how much military work was taking place in this area thereafter lies in the fact that there were not one, but two military bases there. Okay. Okay, Bentwater and Woodbridge. So these two Some bases, names. they're good names. I'm Correct. hypercritical of you people today. You I'm really sorry. are. These two bases were separated by Rendlesham Forest itself, okay, by only a few hundred yards. So really close. I don't know why they didn't just make it one thing. Yeah, no, you know? no. I will. I will say this. I'll give props where props are due. There's, I don't know what it means or what it is, but the word Rundlesham is just cool. It so just rolls off the tongue. I will a hundred percent give props for that. But be ready for more European attacks. You know, what, Grant. Here's something front. you're gonna love because, interestingly enough, both of these bases belong to the U.S. military. I hate the How US do you feel? military. Oh my god. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm in a combative mood. Everybody's getting it tonight. Yeah. Well, historically this tended to uh, agitate the British soldiers that they worked alongside. All right. Understandably, I yeah. can imagine. But to be posted at one of these bases, to, uh, you know, the US personnel, uh it was not a sought after gig. The bases and particularly the force around them had a spooky and uh, depressing reputation among the american soldiers they didn't like it there no one liked it there uh but the u.s having presence there was strategically imperative to the cold war so everyone thought uh had the soviets launched some sort of attack the u.s troops at bentwater and woodbridge would be armed to the teeth and ready to intervene at a moment's notice not only that but it's speculated that either one of these two bases possibly both uh, housed nuclear weaponry belonging to the U.S. Placed there just in case things got dicey in the old European theater. Yeah, that sounds like the United States. It's like, let's go to this place. Let's just bury some nuclear arms there. Everyone's like kind of cool and fine. Like they went through some shit, you know, not too long ago historically. Everybody seems chill for now. Um, let's put some nukes over there just in case. Let's shake it up a little bit. Yeah. I think you're the nuke of this podcast today. I am. Everybody's you're getting secret, it today. and you're get you're just coming out in little waves, little radiation waves, and making everything agitated. You're all getting it tonight. All right. I hope you <laughs> like it. Everyone, no one's safe. I started with the fans. I went to Europe. Let's see where Grant's else feeling it's like a million dollars. He just won a lot of money at the casino. <laughs> I'm taking you all down. All right. You're all. Everybody needs to get knocked down a peg yeah, tonight. Yeah. Grant's got fuck you money. All right, so here's just a little side note about UFO sightings in general, okay, that I feel should be mentioned here before we get into it. Okay. It's speculated by people in the field that a drastic uptick of UFO sightings began soon after the dropping of the atomic bomb. Am I right? 
in saying that? Yes, you, you are very correct. All right. Historically speaking, obviously that leads to theories such as, you know, they've been monitoring us. Perhaps that was some technology that they thought was either extremely advanced for us or something that they're like... Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. They're worried about humankind having this capability. But, yeah, after uh, the 1940s, the sightings of UFOs in general and just the, the overall feeling about UFOs really increased in the public atmosphere. Oh, they were everywhere. Uh, some believe that the discovery of the scientific knowledge required to split the atom and harness its power uh, for use, you know, put the human race on a sort of, like, cosmic map, so to speak, right? In other words, we, we garnered attention from extraterrestrials due to our uh, advancements in science, advancements in science that some believe are the first steps to uh, having the same technological capabilities as extraterrestrials. So they're just like, oh, God, this is like the, the hazing. It's like, they got it, let's see what they do with it. Here's my you thing. You know what I mean? These people are next. The people that believe that this puts us into some type of early stages of crazy scientific development, you're, get, you're getting it next, so buckle in. It's coming for you right now. <laughs> you guys are fucking morons, okay? I understand. You know, we split the atom, we were doing some crazy shit. Like, that. that is insane, scientifically. But if we I are... I can't do it. If we are to believe that UFOs exist and extraterrestrial life is able to monitor us based on, you know, what our scientific feats are, I'm pretty certain that we are very far off from any form of crazy advancement. Um, I mean, probably why they haven't made, like, you know, a diplomatic approach to us yet. Right. Except for Eisenhower, but that's a whole different episode. Look at the car. I mean, we don't even, that thing doesn't even get off the ground, okay? No, it stays there. Like, yeah, we split some atoms, but we can't figure out how to get people, like, floating and shit, okay? Well, we'll get it. We'll get it. It's the prime example of these people. I get what they're trying to say, but I feel like they're giving us far too much credit, you know? Yeah, well. We could barely safely get to the moon, okay? <laughs> we did it once, though. Like, we can. We can get there, but it, it takes almost everything we have to get there yeah, yeah. and these fucking alien people are just zip zapping through like the atmosphere going underwater and shit and they're like wow they're just in different locations like they're changing the channel on a tv yeah so but, they're they're clearly uh miles ahead of us yeah we are still in like the picking our nose phase and they're in the like i'm done with that i'm ready to settle down and retire <laughs> phase well, given the supposed interest in nuclear advancements that aliens had with the human race, wouldn't it kind of make sense that these uh, these bases said to house large quantities of nuclear firepower would be closely observed by the otherworldly visitors? Wouldn't you say? I, I think it's a it's a reasonably fair assessment. Not to mention the accidental uh, invention of radar. There, you know, a lot of uh, it's bursting at the seams. With scientific discovery, yeah, they're, for they're, life forms they to are, drop in. They're for a rapidly visit. creating over there. They are the influencers of their generation. Okay, they are modeling the they're world. The TikTok influencers. However, they want it is what's happening, and I, I understand that at least. Like you know, certainly, if some advanced race of beings were to watch, they'd probably be watching where the action happens. You know. Yeah. A lot of nuclear stuff. They're definitely not going to, like, Missouri. I'm sorry to tell you, but they're not just hanging out there. They might pass through. I was an alien. I, I would watch, like, like Dave and Busters. I would probably See what go... happens there. You get all kinds there. I certainly wouldn't go to the Grand Canyon. I'll tell you that. That's a waste of fucking time. Eh. Um, 
honestly, I'd probably go to like a nuclear reactor and just hang out outside and just smell what I'm smelling and see what I'm seeing. Maybe hear some things. I don't know what Be senses all they have. nuclear about it, yeah. Like they have senses that we probably can't even comprehend. They just understand, it's you like, know? your mood smells weird. Yeah, you, know, you smell like how I imagine a hamburger tastes. What? <laughs> it's not even that weird. Like, like, I'm confused at what they're trying to say. Oh, your hair sounds just so violent today. It does. But, uh, all right, so let's get into the sightings, all right? So on the night of December 26th, the day after Christmas, all right, 1980, Airman First Class John Burroughs, while patrolling the east gate of the, of uh, Woodbridge, that base, uh, he witnessed a strange blue light and a red light in the sky over Rendlesham Forest. Cops. It could be just space cops. Cops. Air cops, maybe. Forest. They're coming, They're coming to get us. Yeah. It was, uh, it was two, two lights specifically, all right? There's two of them. Uh, one on the top of the other, and they were descending into Rendlesham. So isn't that fucking crazy? Burroughs uh, reasonably thought that these lights may have you know, belonged to like a downed plane or an aircraft, uh, so he reported the sighting up the chain of command, and the news made its way to Staff Sergeant Jim Penniston. Okay. All right. Jim. So we got Burroughs and Penniston. These are two main characters in this whole uh, shenanigan. All right. Uh, he, and he came, Penniston, that is, he came to the East Gate to investigate. By this time, Penniston, by the time he arrived, you know, uh, there was a small group of onlookers with their eyes locked on the lights. So, one of the onlookers, uh, named Bud Stevens, or Stephans, Stephens, Stephens, I'm going to say Bud Stephens, uh, he made the observation that it didn't look like whatever the lights were had crashed, rather it looked like they had gracefully landed. Oh. So it's just the peanut gallery, just saying things. Uh, let's see, where else are we going to be? At the same time that Penniston uh, arrived at the East Gate, the small group was gathered uh, of soldiers in the base. Uh, they were observing the radar system at the same time, and they were asking around to other bases and airports in the area. They're just like, "Do you pick up anything on radar? That thing we invented? You know, our baby? And lo and behold, 15 minutes previous to the light's appearances, uh, an unidentified form was picked up on radar before disappearing just as it had reached Woodbridge. I have one comment to make here. Yeah. I'm I'm obviously being a a skeptic for the sake of just being a dick, but that's just what my job is here today. No, I've kind of gathered that today. Um, First off, we're in the early, early, early stages of radar technology, so Pretty much everything is unidentified at this point, unless it's something that they physically had tested before. This is just a little uh, dot. And um, as well, this is my other comment. If we are to follow the idea that these are extraterrestrial beings, possibly some type of flying saucer-like machine flying and landing in the forest, pretty sure they have like radar cloaking ability, you know? Unless okay, I'll maybe that's them. why it disappeared right when it went over Woodbridge because it, it just flipped it on. There was a switch in there, and some alien finger switched it. I will see. I'm thinking no. Uh, that's just me personally. <laughs> I'm thinking not. Uh, that's ridiculous. I'm thinking you're being a bit of a crazy person, but I will say. You think aliens have fingers? Ridiculous. I stick to my original theory of pretty much fucking anything that flies 
is unidentified by radar at this point in time. You who know? knows? Who knows, man? Like what? You know, they're like, oh, well, they haven't had time to you know sit around and test it. Even if they did, they're testing things that they have. So maybe it's some shit from you know another country. I don't know. I See, don't this know. is what they want to know. They're this is what they're trying answers. to figure out. No one knows anything at this point. All right. Right, it's just a it's just a dot, and it disappeared right when it got there. Granted. And everyone sees it, and they're just like, "Oh, what the fuck is that?" So upon learning this, all right, Peniston, Burroughs, and a third man named Master Sergeant Chandler <laughs> uh, made their way into the forest to investigate. Okay, uh, before they could do this, however, they they were required by law to inform British authorities that they were going to venture off base to investigate, because you know it's like. U.S. people going into a different country, technically, mm. even though they're just going outside of their house. So they let them know. They they uh, they called the local police of all people, rather than maybe like the British military or something. No, it was just the local police, uh, just to let them know that the men had made their way into the forest. And you may be asking yourself, like, why so few guys? Why is it just three of these people on a whole military base? Well, it was the day after Christmas, okay, Grant. Do you understand that? No. The day after Christmas. A lot of men uh, were stationed. Uh, a lot of the men stationed on the base uh, had not yet returned from their holiday leave. Pussies. There's not a lot of people here. Pussies. They oh. won't come back. All for what? <laughs> Santa, going, huh? The guy's not yeah. fucking real. They want to be Fubar by the Rendlesham. Fucking idiots, man. It's lazy. Maybe. Uh, so I return to their holiday leave. Woodbridge was basically operating at half capacity, okay? So it's these three dudes, so they went out there, they're investigating, they're telling the police. So these three guys are making their way into the woods to investigate the lights, but on their way in, all of their radios began malfunctioning. They had four radios. All of them were fucked. Okay? Just like that Drake and Josh episode. Which one? The one where they faked the alien invasion. Remember that oh, one? shit. I completely yeah. forgot about that yep, one. It happened. That's a real thing. One of I, the rare shots of in their yard. In yeah, that, show. I, that is a real thing. It's it's real. It's a legitimate yeah. episode. You can't convince me it's not. I saw it with my own eyes. I saw it on radar. Uh, so Chandler was then sent back to relay the information that there was no radio communication, leaving Burroughs and Peniston to go in to investigate alone. Okay? Both of these two people were alone. This is where shit gets wild, all right? As the two men uh, continued through the dark, first towards the light, um, they, uh, they, they claimed that as they grew closer, the air seemed to change a bit. It's, it's sort of electricity, right? They got electricity boners? Electricity in the air maybe was surrounding their penis. It was like a palpable static all around them, causing the hairs uh, everywhere to stand up on end. It sounds like they were excited. There was just shag with electricity. on the floor. You guys ever been inside during winter? Because that shit happens to me all the time. You get electric? Yeah, just like anything you touch. It really freaks out my dog because he he does not understand what's happening. He thinks you're just using powers to zap him. And I can't really explain it to him, but he'll like run over to me and I touch him, and he's like, he'll give like a little shudder. God, what is that radar? Yeah, I'm like, I'm so sorry to do this to you, buddy, and he he doesn't like it. But it only happens like you know once, and then you know you, you give it another walk around or something. And you're like, it's back. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking this is a shag carpet situation. Maybe out here in the forest. Yeah, the air was palpable, was static. And all their hair was standing up. And uh, not only that, 
but they claimed that uh, to walk began feeling like they were trudging through waist-deep water. So they're drunk? It, they might be drunk. They might, that, that sounds like they were drunk. They might be uh, drunk. I don't think they were, though. That was not mentioned. There's another part of this story where it's very... Uh, everyone it makes very, uh, uh, a very standing-out point that the, everyone was not drunk. Yeah, that sounds like That's a different drunk part. person would say, you know. They'd fight <laughs> like to get you Not to legally drunk, but... No, I right. blew a point oh six. okay? There's nothing wrong about that. <laughs> so now, yeah, waist-deep water, you know, all that stuff. Despite this, the two men continued, and until they found... Uh, they, they finally reached the source of light, right? And immediately, an impossibly bright light emanated from the source... Uh, of the other two lights, okay? Microwave technology. It may be. It could have been... Oh, maybe this is static. Uh, so, uh, it was a, it was uh, so bright that despite the silence, Burroughs and Peniston instinctively hit the ground as if reacting to, like, an explosion. So, it's like, that has to be what this is. But it was just completely silent. Anyway, uh, once they realized that this, uh, this light was just that, it was just a light, they both stood up and again continued approaching. And as their eyes adjusted, according to Peniston, they were uh, standing before a uh, nine-foot by nine-foot triangular craft with a sort of dorsal fin on the top like a mohawk uh, resting on three legs that acted as sort of landing gear. Okay. All right. Now we're cooking a little bit. Sort of a decent-sized craft there. We're cooking. We're definitely getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. So the surface was akin to like a, a lava lamp. Right, in that the light uh, emanating from it was produced by like coursing and changing slime like like red and blue yellow substances. Okay, isn't that crazy? Just like a, a trippy seventies thing. I can get down But it's on the eighties. What's up with that? So Peniston, uh, though just as bewildered as uh, Burroughs, there he chose to venture closer, and when in the area directly surrounding the craft, Peniston claims that. All noise in the world around him went completely silent, and the electricity in the air intensified. Ooh. He's in the bubble. He's in the craft bubble. Okay, he's in the he's in the dome. Is the the dojo? It's true. Nothing's in there. The extraterrestrial dojo doors are open. Yep. He then turned to talk to Burroughs, who was like a mere f- a couple feet behind, like ten feet or something like that. But Burroughs was unresponsive to Peniston's words and actions. He just It's, it's like he wasn't even saying anything, you know? Uh, it was as if in, in entering the sort of atmosphere of the surra- like surrounding the craft, he had exited reality in a way, you know, or like time and space and all that shit. He was unable to I- interact with Burroughs at all. He was just standing there. Maybe Burroughs was just playing the silent game. It's a weird time to do, like, the silent treatment. But uh, the moving light that seemed to be inside of the craft then began to slow down and dim until the craft became, like, completely black. It was just uh, basically a lava lamp that was turned off. All right. All right. Peniston believed with every inch of his being that he was about to die. He's like, this has got to be some sort of weapon, like some foreign weapon. I don't even know what the fuck this is, but I'm going to die. I know it. So what does he do? He figures, I'm going to die. I may as well leave something behind that's useful. All right, so he takes out a small notebook that he like always carries around with him, and he, he takes it out of his pocket. He begins taking notes while still getting closer to the thing. Okay. Isn't that crazy? 
goddamn maniac. It's uh, it's because of this decision that we have such detailed descriptions of this thing. I wouldn't be saying any of this had he not had it not been for the notebook. Grant. Okay. Do you understand the importance of notebooks? No, they're pretty fucking lame. You are a piece of shit. You're an utter piece of shit. I always have one of those. You can't win, dude. You can't win. Yeah, it's well. It's fight night. Yeah, it's yeah. It's fight night. Yeah, I guess so. Well, he hoped the shape of the cra- you know. Yeah, Mitch yeah. is right. I, I have been watching UFC, and they just want me, they're making me angry and just want to fight. Yeah. I'm coming for everybody. Especially you notebook carrying pansies. I'm going to shove this notebook up your fucking ass and reach down your throat and grab it. See, here's the thing, though. You don't understand. I like that. Good. That's a bonus for me. Good, good, good. <laughs> you're, you're falling right into my trap, man. <laughs> falling right into it. <laughs> he noted the shape of the craft, uh, the lights, and even finer details. Upon getting closer, Peniston, uh, he noticed that there were symbols along the side of it that looked like somewhat like bastardization uh, versions of uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Right? So they weren't... But they looked like it, which he roughly sketched on his notebook, right? Have you, have you looked these up? Have you seen these, Grant? Uh, no, I've I've seen like I've read descriptions of them, but I haven't actually like seen them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you should uh, get a notebook so you can put them in there. Nah, not maybe a always fan. always remember them. Not a fan. Yeah. Write down whatever you want anytime. So he he reached out and actually touched the thing. All right, he said the surface was smooth like glass. And uh, but but the symbols oh they were rough like cement, all right. So different textures he's noting. He also noted that uh, when he touched the symbol, a white the white light on the top of the craft that had shined so brightly before it did it again, and it temporarily blinded him. But when he took his hand away, the light dimmed and disappeared again. So basically, just don't touch these fucking symbols, Peniston. So like when you open a car and the lights just auto turn on, yeah. that, that's kind of the vibe. I'm Gives getting. away your uh, your location. So Peniston, he, he then just like stood there for a while, just like taking notes and sketching until the craft began to hover suddenly. All right, it's just starting to hover. No sound coming out of this thing, just utterly silent. It then slowly rose up until it uh, was above the tree line, at which time it flew away at a speed incomprehensible to him. And so without, eight miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. He can't even run that fast. Faster than that man has ever moved in his life. Yeah. All again without making a sound. This thing is completely silent. Just like that. So he can't forget. <clears throat> we can't forget about Burroughs here, okay? Burroughs had a very different account of what went down. He's like, this guy literally fell on the floor and just started shaking and screaming. And we were all like, are you okay? <laughs> and yeah, he's fucking insane. It's like, yeah, well. Uh, after the initial flash of the light that sent the men to the ground in fear, Burroughs recalls getting up, only to be faced with a red spherical object. Spherical! Spherical. Completely different. Not a triangle at all. But, uh, yeah, so not only that, but Burroughs claims that his experience lasted only for like a few seconds, as opposed to Peniston's multiple mis- minutes. All right? Multiple minutes, said Peniston. It's ridiculous. Uh, so regardless of these two differing accounts with Burroughs and Peniston, uh, you know, they they do claim to witness the same thing in the end. Uh, so they witnessed lights flying around in the sky above them afterwards before disappearing roughly a minute later. 
that was the same in both their story. Mm -hmm. They also said that uh, three deep indentations were left in the frozen December ground where whatever it was that they saw had just been. So you got some deep indentations. Okay. It just goes to show this thing is very heavy. Yes. Extremely heavy, maybe hot. Large and in charge, okay? Yeah. Branches were also broken off the trees at the tops. Top to bottom, it was just broken branches everywhere on these trees. Where the craft descended and ascended. All right, so that's also uh, the same when both of them tell it. Uh, so regardless of these two men seeing different things, what was left behind like substantiated that something crazy had indeed just happened. Okay. All right, so there's something in Randlesham, something in the woods. And the nail in the coffin, so to speak, uh, occurred when they returned to Chandler and the driver of the Jeep that they'd used to get out there, Burroughs and Peniston were gone for roughly 10 minutes, right? It took 10 minutes. All right. Okay? 10. Both men felt that way. All right? The amount of time had passed. It was 10. Their wristwatches reflected it. But upon returning to Chandler and the Jeep, uh, they were informed that they were gone for like 45 minutes. Okay. A little bit of time lost there. All right. Lost time. It's gone. Okay. okay. You're never going to get it back. So, when the men returned to the base and were debriefed that night, they found that they weren't the only ones that saw some crazy shit in the sky that night. All right? It just so happened that on the, in that same night, a Russian satellite was re-entering the atmosphere and could be seen breaking up upon re-entry. Okay. Interesting. And also, in the sky that night, there was a meteor shower happening. There's a lot of stuff going on in the sky here. All right, so there's we got we got two two skeptical strikes against these guys right now. Yeah. Doesn't obviously equate for the loss of time and the the things that they saw, but uh we got two outsider things that uh could it affect could the visuals. Could cast doubt, but also it's the perfect night for a UFO to be traipsing around the skies. And it's almost too perfect. It's it's excellent cover for alternate possible assumptions. Uh, but these things fail to account for the mysterious radar detection and the lights in the forest and, you know, certainly the accounts of Burroughs and Peniston, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is the first this is the first encounter. What do you think about that? I Have I'm, you ever done this exactly? No, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm interested because it's it is, this is a cool story. It's a little different. It reminds me of that one, um, sort of like the one what was that in Wales, the school teacher, where he see him and his whole class saw like a UFO land in like the courtyard. That sounds cool. That uh, that's a story for a different day, but it it sort of reminds me of that because it's very visual based. Okay, it's not really about like something physical. In this sense, it is, because there's a ship, but it's not like, you know, they saw an alien, or they, like, saw this shit going around, they're like, what the fuck? It's it's very, like, I don't know what it was. We it's literally just, it. like, it's weird. there's lights out there, let's go see. And then this happens, you just be, you're transcended through time and space, and you lose 45 minutes. Yeah, it's oddly, oddly mundane, but that almost makes it a little bit creepier, because it's so, seemingly, it seems like it, this could happen to almost anybody. It really is just about time and place. Lucky for us in the story, it happened to fucking military dudes who literally wrote things down in the middle of it all. Yeah, and that that does add a little extra layer. Um, I, I personally, I know this this may or may not ruffle some feathers, but I'm used to that today. 
I uh, I'm not in the camp of like immediately when a military person tells me a story, I don't necessarily think that gives extra credibility. They're just people, you know. But the fact that this happened where it did and to the people it did, it in a way it can add some credibility to the story because it's like, well, what do they have to personally gain from this information? Not you know? fame, that's for sure. So it's it it, it it's weird. It it kind of doesn't doesn't lead you to an answer if anything it, it creates more questions that go unanswered really no it's true it's it's strange thus far it's real weird there's multiple days of this shit it's it's insane uh so yeah there's, there's a bunch of shit going on in the sky uh these guys are having different stories but also the same one and they're all in the forest in england they're u.s people they told the police it, it's insane so th- by the morning the entire thing had kind of become like a joke throughout the entire base. Like, dudes around were making, like, jokes left and right about Burroughs and Peniston running around the forest all night looking for UFOs, and they thought it was fucking hilarious. They Which thought it was too... It kind of is. It pretty much, I, what I'm gathering from that very simple snippet of information is that they thought they were out sucking each other's dicks. That's probably... That was probably, like, the first joke that was Yeah, made. it was like, the, these are two... Uh, homosexual individuals that are blowing each other, possibly finger in the butthole. Um, they're in the woods doing these things. Yeah. I I'm think imagining the, these are the jokes that occurred. I think the specifics of the sodomy jokes are, are uh, kind of stopped right when Colonel Charles Halt walked in for his uh, his morning duty. And I'm not talking poop. He's, well, right? He walked in, he's like, there was no homosexual butt-fucking glass tonight, I promise. No, you heard about the UFOs. He was like, immediately, he was like, all right, let's play this down, okay? Let's uh, lay it on the ground. In the official report, he was like, for example, he was just like, you have to. He strongly suggested, basically, that uh, that they, was, they say unexplained lights rather than UFO. Because he was like, let's not sensationalize this. Okay? Smart. That is smart, right. I'll tell you that. You know, And likewise, higher-ups in the base quickly took all the documents having anything to do with the event and classified them as secret. Not top secret, but secret. No one can know. Secret. We don't tell just anybody. Yeah. But we tell most, but not everybody. A lot of people know. Uh, an investigation was even carried out by the Air Force, but it led to next to nothing given that there were no, there was no standard set for investigating UFO phenomenon. In the military, so they say. I have a feeling that there is. But, you know, whatever. No, you're wrong. Who knows, man? Wrong. You suck today. Wrong. Meanwhile, wrong. all anyone on the base is talking about is these two men who went out to get a closer look at some lights and they came back with this crazy story, right? Isn't that insane? Yeah, it's a little funny. Honestly, they're just like, you guys, I saw it's these. Like, you mean those lights that looked like police? Uh, like sirens. Saw these cops. Turned out it was a UFO. And no, I did not have sex in the woods last night. No, it was just UFO all day, all night. It was just you and me. Endlessly. I mean, UFOs, you know? <laughs> UF me? No, UFO. Yeah, okay. no, UFO, my God. <laughs> that thing's huge. Dude, some people thought it was like a some sort of prank. You know, which is kind of that, that makes sense now. Reading it out loud, but like everyone on the on the the base was either like that's kind of crazy, or they were just like, nah, it's fucking bullshit. It's some sort of joke you're telling. But after the word got around and more specifics of the story came, more and more men began like somewhat believing. They were just kind of like, you know, that hesitant like, <laughs> no, no, 
Yeah, I want to go out in the woods with you. No. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> Don't tell Cheryl. All right, so, uh, so some went out to the location after they you know, started taking it a little more seriously. They went out to the location and took some photographs for the case file. And really, that was the theoretically the end of a pretty crazy day. All right. Right. That is until the, that night. Okay. <laughs> so basically, the sun goes down. It's, it all starts again. On December 27th of 1980, the UFOs returned. Okay. And we're getting near the end of this episode, but oh, there's so many more UFOs. This was a night that was supposed to be just like fun, relaxing time because there was uh, like an awards dinner and it was taking place in a bar that was located on the base called Woody's. You're gonna a tell lot of me, easy jokes here. You're going to tell me that they weren't fucking in the woods? I go buy it. This is a bar called Woody's. And what... Yeah. Woody's, I understand it means penis when it's hard. But I gotta like, go to the awards show over at Woody's. You got, you fellas want to join? Best Woody. I'm telling Goes to you, all of you. Get I'm naked. telling you right now, there was 100% some naked playing time in this scenario. Just a pile around. Just a horsing around. Maybe not in the woods, but definitely in like the bathroom. Is there like a truck stop anywhere near this place? It's, uh, it's on a military base. There's just a bar in it. Uh, maybe there's like a a glory hole. There is some there is some shit going down for sure, or going in if you know what I mean. I have no idea what you mean by that. Packing in the poop. Oh, well, people were eating, they were drinking, they were partying. Maybe partying is maybe that's what you're talking about. Yeah, you know. everything that goes under the umbrella of partying. Roofling. It was a grand old time. Not the roofing part. <laughs> you kind of slipped that in there. Wow, that was literally. I roofied the roofie in. Yeah, wow. You're really good at that. <laughs> Just was, slip it right into it was, conversation. Uh, it was a grand old time, right? So that is until Lieutenant Bruce England came in. Uh, That's a bitchin' name. Bruce sure. England, right? Doesn't sound like a, a movie star. Sounds like he should be in like Metallica or some shit, you know? No, you're right, yeah. But he, he came into the bash... Uh, looking, uh, looking a bit stunned and frightened. Okay, England was sober. And this is the part where everyone's sober. England was sober. By the way, he was on duty and keeping watch at the gates of Woodbridge. That sounds like the prime person to be drunk. Yeah, I'd probably be drunk if I was. You know, like I'm on Everyone's duty. partying, and I'm just like I'm stuck on guard duty. That guy was a fuck you guys. Drunk. I'm sorry. He, I don't believe him. It doesn't necessarily change my opinion of like the story, but I that guy was yeah. he was sneaking some beer. That guy was definitely good. like a, a U.S. fucking military man in England drinking Canadian whiskey. I guarantee. Yeah, like it, it, yeah, yeah. Well, England, he went up to halt, right? Also sober, supposedly. He said halt. Halt was also uh, he was sober. I I kept thinking Steve Holt. You know, oh, yeah, when I was doing this, it's halt here, but like Steve Holt, it just Steve Holt. it sticks in your mind. Steve Holt. But yeah, Halt, he was sober and informed so so England informed Halt that uh the lights from the previous night oh they're back. Okay. Oh, they're they're back. back. They're back. There's not like a radio he had, he had to go all the way to the bar to, to let them know that. I don't know, maybe the radio that that, that wasn't working the night before is still broken. He's like, "Man, we need new fucking batteries. This job sucks." <laughs> So this is the part where I don't know if I believe that everyone was sober, but Halt then gathered a group of sober people at this party in a bar. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, meant to set up a bunch of mobile spotlight sorts of things called LIDALs. So they're just like mobile spotlights. 
Um, so when they were uh, when they were all set up, it was it was found that none of them would work. None of them turned on. And he was like, "Oh, they got a gas," and they're just like some of them, but the other ones are just fucked. And so that none of them worked. After ordering the men to attempt to fix the lights, Halt and his makeshift team of definitely sober people made their way out to the original landing site from the night before. Okay, and the tools that they brought with them were a Geiger counter and Holt's trusty tape recorder that he uh, took everywhere with him, much like a notebook. Grant? So this guy's an idiot, too? Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of people are idiots, but you, huh? Everyone. Oh, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot, too, but I, I'm, I'm cool with it because I know that I'm just stupid, you yeah. know? No, that's good. That's good. Every, Pretty much everything about me just screams stupid. You know what's written in my notebook? I couldn't You're never going to find out. I'm never going to let you see it. I'm okay with that. Fuck you. It's death threats and masturbatory material that I don't need to be a part of. I'll tell you that. I don't know how you knew that, but fuck you. He masturbates right. to death threats, people. He makes them and then just fucking jerks <laughs> off to him. It's death threats to my sperm cells. How about that? That's but, fair. Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the, the tools that they brought, you know, the Geiger counter, Holt's trusty tape recorder that he supposedly took with him everywhere. On this night alone, Holt apparently recorded three to four hours of audio notes. It was just a bunch of drunk fucking people singing karaoke. <laughs> it might have been because today only roughly... Uh, 18 minutes of these recordings are open to the public. Yeah, so maybe the rest Journey. of it is just, yeah. They're singing Journey. They're singing that, like, bam, bam, bam song. Sweet Caroline that they love oh, in Boston. Yeah, okay, Every yeah. bar in Boston. Uh, so uh, the Geiger counter was brought out. Okay, and the men began scanning the area, which very much yielded some spikes of radiation directly beneath where the craft was seen. You know, the mm-hmm. night before. Oh, boy. They then took soil samples from the area. You know, they inspected the surrounding trees, which they found, uh, you know, to have abrasions of some sort on their trunks. And even used night vision goggles to inspect surrounding heat signatures. Okay, and it's like 32 degrees outside. It's, it's you know, a couple days after Christmas. It's pretty cold. They're just like farting in the air and measuring like the gas particles that came out. Yeah. Like, look at the heat signatures. And the heat signatures are freaky because there were some. That, like areas of the ground, like emanating from the frozen ground were just heat signatures, like very visible ones. Okay. And you know what's funny about my notes? That's where they fucking end this week. Oh. All right? Okay. A little cliffhanger. There's, there's, there's heat signatures. Okay. What do you think about that for next week? We'll, we'll I, pick up from there. I will. I mean, obviously, I, I know that this is not the answer and or response, um, but it's just a theorem. A theorem, if a you theorem. will. A theorem. I'm tired of saying theory. I just wanted to throw the um in there. Yeah, it theorem. makes you feel like a supervillain. It does. It's, this is my theorem. It's not even the right word. I think serum is what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That's written in my notebook. Anyway, what I'm thinking, I mean, I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying this is very well. A strange coincidence, if it were to be the truth. Um, but if you go all the way back in our catalog to the episode about, uh, I believe we talked about it twice. Bill Schnoblin. Uh, no, not Bill Schnoblin, as uh, Mitch has pointed out. That guy. Mitch just gone. loves whispering really far away from microphones. But um, if you go back to the first thing we did on ghosts in Indiana, uh, I mean, that was 
almost two years. Well, two maybe. It was a long time. We've been doing this a long time. Two, maybe three years ago. I don't even fucking know. Some amount of time. Anyway, anyway, uh, we discuss it a little bit in there, and then we do one about like the demon house specifically. Um, in those episodes, we do talk about how. Uh, I mean, I'm no, I'm no uh, science guy. Okay, I, I can't sit here and explain the the ideas behind it. Okay, but um, there are pockets of natural gas and things like that in the earth, and they can sometimes emanate from the ground, causing weird spikes in shit to just happen naturally. Right? It's a little weird. That is true. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this is the answer. Uh, this is a, it's a wild coincidence, and it's a crazy assumption to make yeah. that this is what's happening. But it it would it would be negative of us if we didn't mention that that could possibly be something. That is true, but also uh, something a little a little harkening back to earlier in the episode before you disparage notebooks and their holders. Um, this base may or may not have some nuclear fucking arms there. Yeah, exactly. you know, and they, I, where else would you put them but inside of the ground? It is, is what I think. See, and these are good points. Um, again, I'm not saying that this takes away from the fact that it could possibly be something, but what doesn't make sense to me, again, as I've stated, I, I'm not a scientist, no expert here, but I don't understand how a possible UFO landing about 24 hours ago in this exact spot, would be able to leave such significant heat signatures without some form of visible damage. And well, I don't mean maybe it's imprint. radioactivity, dude. I mean, fucking, uh, we did something on, uh, what's that uh, What's that city that sucks? Uh, Chernobyl. Yeah. So much radiation coming out of there still. Yeah, that is true. But I'm saying, you know? like, if, if it was from the ship, uh, radiation aside, you I feel like there would be physical evidence of something. Like, I don't mean like a small indent. Like well, this could be. Like I mean, these aren't deep, small indents, a dude. Deep, deep depression, a Grand Canyon depression. Okay? Like the landing gear sorts of things, like the three prongs on the bottom of it. They left like deep ass indentations in solid, like frozen solid ground. So here's my thing. Why aren't we touching it? Why aren't we going up there and they touching took, it? They took fucking soil samples. But it, if it's hot, I want to know why it's hot. Touch why it. Why is it hot? Put a fucking hot pocket in there and see if it if it cooks. Eventually, everything cooks. I just want to know. I want to know something? the is that plausibility something of that. I, I think, now this is personally, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more in part two. But yeah, I'll probably think finish it up in part two. But every time I say that, it goes into part three. We'll see what happens. I think it's only fair to assume at this point that, to me, to Grant, the most reasonable answer is probably the nuclear arms. Um, we have Might no, be a nuclear arms thing. It's sort of like Iraq. You know, we don't know that they're there, but we're pretty certain that they're there. But what's definitely there is oil. That's true. Then we want that. But there, yeah, there's something fishy going on in the the heat signatures and the radiation are very intriguing because even if they aren't extraterrestrials, if they are, that's fucking insane. But if they're not, it doesn't it doesn't really make it less interesting. It's still like, wait a minute, why? Is no, how do you account there? for Peniston's fucking like he went into some sort of atmosphere of soundless decay or something? Like what the fuck was that? Called drugs. All the all the time was gone. Their watches. Oh, it changed. Homeboy was on acid. Ah, oh, well, acid is pretty fun. He was macro dosing. Okay, 
You don't want to do that. That's some MK Ultra shit. That's, he, uh, yeah, he was he was trying to do some like insane Rendlesham MK like, Ultra. You know those droppers. You know, like like one drop is like several hits. He just drank a lot of it. I'll take. He took like a Dixie cup. I'll take the LSD. Like like one? No, all of it. The one. No, yeah, it's the, it's capitalized. All of it. Everything you've got, give it to me. I'm gonna take it all now and touch this fucking pine cone, and I'm gonna tell you that it's a spaceship. Yeah, dude, if you took that much acid and had a pine cone, you'd have a great old life. Yeah, the no, rest of your life. Life is the way to describe it because you really would have a good life. Like you're you're done. You know, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have the same amount of like thoughts and energy mentally as like a teddy bear. You know, it's like it's over for you. That sounds very comfortable. It's done. Like you're gonna be nothing but someone's just fucking toy and be like, "Hey, this guy's here. Let's make him paint the garage or some shit." I don't know. And then he does a bad job, and they hit you. Yeah, there you, you know. Go. Well, uh, so that's the first part of Randallship Four. Sorry, the notes end in a weird place. My aunt came over, and also this week I had some family shit going on. So. I think it's a good place. Either way, end, it's you know? a, it's a nice little little cliffhanger. You're it, right on the edge there. What else happened after the after the heat? It leaves everybody wanting a little bit more. Uh, you're kind of confused as to like what is happening, but you're still like, you know what? This is a good way. Be? Yeah, I'm trying to make you feel like them. But yeah, yeah, so that, this, that'll be what I say. This is part uno of the Rendlesham Forest. Rendlesham, yeah, um, over there in England. Yeah, and you fucking. Ugh. Their accent's so sexy. Ugh. Yeah. No. I know. I'm partial to, like, uh, the Elvin and the Chipmunks accent. Just, like, high, just helium is just, what you like? Just sentient chipmunks that are speaking to me. That's what I find great. And saying, okay. Like when it, yeah, when and they, they sing and shit, and they have, like, names and yeah. sweatshirts. They want like, hula hoops and shit. Who fucking tailored your clothes? You know, like, how'd they do that? It's probably for, like, a Ken doll. But either way, that is certainly our episode for the week. No, it truly is. Grant has a lot of money now. He's uh, he's 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 taking it out on the world, and he's gonna throw money on us like we're nothing. But we're gonna be happy about that. Probably, money. It'll probably just like go to bills, and then it'll be gone. Mitch will take the money for some reason. It'll probably be gone a lot sooner than I imagine it will be. You'll check your pockets; it's not there anymore. But. Grant's gonna be bankrupt. Yeah, try to lose everything and more. Just like it's gone. Like, oh fuck. We had to sell the podcast, <laughs> whatever that means. I had to sell my fingernails to the less fortunate. They wanted that, like fuck. trimmed or whole. I don't know. They're you doing some hostile they, shit over there, motherfucker? How doing, can you afford pliers? They're doing some weird shit. Okay, I don't know. They want it. There's people that buy hair. You know, it's like, you buy my hair. Yeah, but you someone, gotta say, like, oh, this is from a Yeti. You're like, this is from Marilyn Monroe. Nah, someone will buy my fingernails for what reason? I don't fucking know, but you will. Why <laughs> won't you? Do it already, The family it. guy bit, it's like a commercial. He's like, don't ask me why I want your fingernails. That wasn't even what? it at all. It was just like a song that didn't even make any sense. Uh, but it's some guy who wants fingernails. He's building a castle with it. Building a oh, fort yeah. okay, of some no, I sort that because guy. I might be building a fort with them. I no, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Actually, yeah, you're gonna you're have to sell your kidney though. Might. That might be a bigger bang for the buck. We'll oh, see. We'll see. Mitch wants everything. Grant is gonna. All right, Mitch is gonna take your money. All right, then he's gonna buy your your stuff. He's gonna buy your kidney. And then you might have the money back again, but I was planning on taking it before I leave tonight. And then I was so. planning on throwing myself over a bridge. 
and all the money will come with me and it'll save my life like a life jacket. Yeah, that's how that works. It literally was not. It, was it like really worked for Lake Lanier last week. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about we're talking about it like it was like a fucking house payment, like gold bars. It's literally like six hundred dollars. Like yeah, great. That's insane, bed. though. That's a lot of money. But it was certainly it's not like life altering money. You know, it's like oh, maybe I'll buy a nice dinner. It depends like, how you invest it. Put some in my savings. Yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, with that being said, that is our episode four of a week on Rendlesham Forest. It's the Roswell of the UK, Grant. No, it's fucking not. Well, in any case, you can follow us on all the stuff: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have an email at startacult at gmail dot com. You can send us anything you want. Yeah, sure. And try there's it. a link below for Patreon. We have bi-weekly fucking episodes up there where me and Grant do this a lot. Let me know who. Uh, I should same thing here. Next. Just different stuff to be said. I will be attacking people for the entire month of March. So yeah. tell me who to and YouTube. Who to go to next. On YouTube. YouTube also. I'm coming for everybody. Alright? I'm coming for you all. No one is safe. Not like and myself. subscribe. Like and subscribe. That is true. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Alright, see you later. Bananas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.